0: Good day, everybody out there. Welcome to the 180 Impact Podcast. We are a show dedicated to the mental health, wellness, and personal development of our first responder community, their families, and anybody else who wants to check us out. Thank you so much for hitting play and listening to this. Hey, today, um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how stress and long-term stress literally damages your brain. It was interesting that I started nerding out on some of this research not too long ago about how long-term stress can cause physical damage to the brain, like the neural pathways get destroyed. We're no longer able to produce dopamine and serotonin, which are the feel-good chemicals. Uh, It creates um, some memory loss and things like that. So we're going to really hit home uh, some ways to be able to manage your everyday stress. And I know a lot of this podcast and a lot about the 180 impact is mental health and stress and stress management. But when I started looking into how stress damages the brain, um, it's frightening. And I think it's pretty evident because we're seeing, I think, people nowadays, like younger and younger, dealing with um, dementia, Alzheimer's disease, things like that, where the brain is literally like, you know, becoming physically damaged and withering away as looking into some of this stuff because it's just kind of interesting. But then I started seeing how stress and long-term stress is playing a huge factor in damaging our brains. So let's talk about stress. I'm going to go over kind of like what everybody knows, but the definition of stress is just a physiological and psychological uh, response to a perceived threat or demand. Now, when we talk about physiological, That's physical in our bodies. That's a physical and psychological response to perceived threats and demands, right? Stress, work can be a demand, doesn't necessarily have to be a threat, but overloading work and family and all this can be a huge demand on us. It's a natural reaction to situations that require a person to adapt or change in some sort of way. Stress can be caused by external factors, obviously, right? Work pressure, family issues, financial problems, or health concerns, as well as internal factors, which is typically like anxiety, worry, depression, and things like that. Um, Stress triggers the body's uh, stress response, which involves the release of several stress hormones. We always kind of think of like cortisol and adrenaline, but there's a lot of other ones that go into that as well. These lead to a range of physical and emotional changes, Now, understand that some stress is beneficial, right? When we talk about fight and flight, stress kicks in and adrenaline keeps us safe. When we're working out, you know, lifting weights or something, that's a stress on our body. That's a stress on our um, muscular system, and it's a stress on our nervous system. But then we quickly, it's like high bursts. We quickly are able to settle back in and recover from that. We're able to recover from those workouts. We're able to recover from that you know, that quick fight that we had at work or whatever the case may be. But we understand chronic and excessive stress obviously has negative impacts on both physical and mental health, right? So the stress response is what we call the fight or flight response. It's that's physical or physiological reaction that occurs in the body when there's threat or danger. That's what ramps up the heart rate. It's natural and automatic response, right? That it's the fight flight or freeze that puts us into sympathetic system. Uh, The stress response is initiate, we're not going to get like way down into the woods, but the stress response is initiated by the hypothalamus in the brain. That's that's kind of responsible for maintaining the body's like internal balance or what the big buzzword would be homeostasis. When the hypothalamus perceives a threat, it activates the sympathetic nervous system. That's what we stay in most of the time, folks which triggers the release of adrenaline and other stress hormones, such as cortisol. Now, when we talk about getting into the sympathetic nervous system, we find that we, as first responders, are probably in sympathetic, nerve, in sympathetic state most of the time, not just when something happens at work. But if you think about constantly being hypervigilant, constantly being aware of your surroundings, constantly going to these high-stress calls your body stays in that protective mode. All right. So we are in a constant state of sympathetic nervous system. Um, now, adrenaline, cortisol, they obviously help prepare the body for action, it increases your heart rate, blood pressure, right, your muscles tense up, you get ready to fight, you get ready to react quickly, uh, and effectively to that threat by either fighting or fleeing, whatever the case may be. But you have to understand that this also affects other bodily functions, right? Um, The fight and flight, when all that blood is diverted to fight and flight, uh, body functions such as digestion, your immune system, your immune function gets compromised, your mood. For example, during, say, like a stress response, the digestive system slows way down the immune system is completely compromised and stressed out, making the body more susceptible to infection, to diseases and things like that because all of that cortisol pumping is used for that flight or fight response and it's pulled away from your immune system, your digestive system, your vital organs, etc. So remember, additionally, stress can also lead to affecting the moods, your emotions, feeling of, of constant anxiety and fear, all right? Now, typically, once the perceived threat is gone the body will return back to its normal state through the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system that's why in the class i talk so much you know i'm such a big proponent of breath work of silencing yourself you know when you get home spending those first few minutes of just calming down taking that uniform off and returning back to as much normalcy as you can all right that's getting you into parasympathetic nervous system or what you'll often hear referred to as rest and digest, right? This helps kind of like get you back into balance, reduce the effects of the stress response. But chronic prolonged stress can lead to a range of negative physical and physiological health effects, right? First thing is the cognitive effects of stress on the brain has a significant impact on cognitive function, or reasoning, thinking, attention, memory, decision making, etc. When, when your brain is under so much stress, it can impair a lot of these cognitive functions, right? It can lead to difficulties in daily activities, affecting your overall quality of life, it can just it can make a huge difference just in everyday decision making outside of work, when we see some of the impacts of stress, difficulty in concentrating, right when your brain is constantly under stress, It's almost like impossible to focus on tasks and pay attention to smaller details because the stress can, can, it really distracts you and reduces your ability to concentrate on complex tasks. And that's because of that fight or flight, you're looking for danger constantly, right? And so difficulty concentrating is a major effect, a cognitive effect that stress has on the brain. Um, this also leads to what researchers are finding out is a lot of memory recall problems. Uh, chronic stress can lead to memory recall problems. It makes it difficult to recall information accurately. Um, I'm sure your spouses could attest to this. (laughs) Don't you remember? I told you this, uh, stress can refer to, or can cause forgetfulness makes it challenging to remember like simple things like (laughs) where'd I put my keys or you walk into a room. I mean, if we all go through that, but, but, this chronic stress can lead to that happening quite often. And sometimes we can be aware of it or we can dismiss it as I'm just getting forgetful. I'm just getting a little bit older. No, that is, that is stress's long-term effect is forgetfulness. Um, another, another thing that we see quite often in the cognitive effects of stress on your brain is impaired decision-making right? Chronic stress impacts what's called your prefrontal course cortex. And what, what that does in the brain is it helps you make decisions throughout the day, right? Like, hey, let's do this. Let's do that based on what you've known in the past, so on and so forth. Um, but chronic stress, once it impacts that prefrontal cortex, again, remember the part of the brain making uh, executive functions, decision making, impulse control, right? We talk about impulse control uh, in our classes when we talk about drinking problems or coming home from work and you no longer want to make any more decisions. Like you're checked out for the day, your willpower is gone, impulse control takes over, and now you're uh, maybe drinking a little bit too much. You're starting to eat comfort foods and you're getting overweight, you're getting unhealthy. That's part of that stress response on your decision-making, on your prefrontal cortex. This makes it challenging even to prioritize tasks. Sometimes I'll find myself on the weekend, like I've got a list of things to do, and then I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I sit there quite often and hesitate and can't put things in order of what's most important. So I am I personally feel the effects of this sometimes, and it's a real thing. So another thing too is it can... It can also lead to other aspects of, like, if you find that you can't plan things, you can't organize things very well, you have trouble multitasking. Sometimes when the brain's under constant stress, it's very challenging to prioritize tasks and complete them efficiently. So if you find yourself scatterbrained uh, a little more often than usual, you can't make decisions or you don't want to make decisions. You know, you're just kind of like, you worry about it. I don't want to be involved in it. That's the effect of the long-term uh, stress on your brain. So overall, you think about that chronic stress, can, can it in significantly impacts cognitive function. It makes it challenging to perform daily tasks. Your overall product productivity will start to just go by the wayside. It could be at home and at work. Uh, stress management techniques, just remember like mindfulness and all that other stuff, um, is extremely important. So that's cognitive decision making. Let's talk for a couple minutes just about Now, the emotional effects of stress, right? Stress has significant impact on your emotional well-being, which we talk about quite frequently. Things such as like mood, emotional regulation, um, triggers. You can be angry a lot of times. You can be very controlling at certain times. So the first thing is like mood. Obviously, chronic stress causes changes in mood. You might lead to um, anxiety, anger, irritability. It can also cause feelings of sadness and a lot of depression. It makes it difficult to enjoy uh, a lot of things in life that you found um, fun at one time, right? There's also, obviously, most of us are pretty well aware of chronic stress and depression. There's a link between like the emotional regulations that we have trouble with. Uh, studies show that chronic stress can increase the risk of developing depression and anxiety disorders. Prolonged stress can cause changes in brain chemistry which is amazing leading to imbalances of neurotransmitters. That's where the little electric current goes between two uh, neurotransmitters and forms a neural pathway, um, which we talk about extensively in rewiring our brains. But um, these are chemicals and these chemicals are responsible for regulating your mood. So when that gets out of whack, your mood changes and you have a lot of problems on the horizon. Uh, The role of neurotransmitters and mood regulations, um, I'll talk more about, I think I need to do some, some talking about neurotransmitters and neural pathways and how that works in our brains, but really, um, neurotransmitters can affect dopamine and serotonin, neoprene, ne, near epinephrine. I wrote that down and I think I misspelled it. That's why I couldn't say it, but basically adrenaline, norepinephrine is adrenaline they play a crucial role in regulating your mood. Obviously. Um, long-term stress can affect those neurotransmitters. And that's where I'm kind of nerding out and looking into some of the research now, which uh, how the stress is physically damaging these neurotransmitters um, and and making huge changes in our mood, in our emotions, in all of those things. Um, So let's talk about the structural effects of stress on the brain how does long-term stress affect the structure so now we're going to talk about the physical structure of our brain and this is where i've just recently started reading a lot of stuff and found it very interesting so i wanted to put that this information out there for you so the first thing or one of the main things that chronic stress can do to the structure of the brains is it it reduces the size of the hippocampus so the hippocampus is the part of the brain that's involved in learning. It's involved in memory. It's also involved in emotional regulation. So, if you can't regulate or control your emotions, when your hippocampus gets destroyed, or I don't want to say destroyed, but gets smaller because of a chronic stress situation, think about that. You know, it's memory problems. You have, you, you the, Increased risk of developing like mood disorders such as depression and anxiety is heightened even more simply because of stress. You might not normally be a depressed kind of person, but if you're constantly um, or not dealing with your stress in a healthy way or managing it, you can now find yourself depressed, anxiety, full of anxiety, irritability, mood disorders, because your hippocampus is beginning to shrink because of the effects of stress. So yo, I found that pretty interesting. Another thing too, is that they're finding it can change your prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain, like I talked about just a little bit ago, like the decision making your day to day, hey, let's go to Slasky's and he he turn left here, turn right there. Hey, what do you want to do after work? That everyday executive function decision making, also impulse control, right? The prefrontal cortex, is responsible for that impulse control. Like when you wanna start drinking or you're impulsively acting out uh, or forming a bad habit, these changes lead to impairments in cognitive functions. Right, This is where now you don't wanna plan anything, you're having trouble organizing, not just your day-to-day activities, but maybe organizing your thoughts and you can't prioritize anything. You don't know what's important or what's the most important, what's the least important thing today. That's because that prefrontal cortex is now starting to take a hit and becoming physically damaged from the stress of your life, all right? This was, this next one was something that scares me a little bit. The, I'm not here to scare you, I'm here to help you. The alterations in the amygdala functions. The the amygdala is the part of the brain that like is involved in emotional processing specifically fear and stress so when you encounter something that's um let's say sad for instance the amygdala is responsible for those emotions and the feeling of sadness based on its storage from a private from a previous event so let's use um a car crash for example let's say you were in a um driving down the highway and out of nowhere you had Led Zeppelin playing on the radio and somebody, uh, swerved over in a red car and hit you. Okay. And it freaked you out. It caused an accident. You were okay, but it scared the daylights out of you. Now, the next time you're driving down that same stretch of highway, you might start feeling yourself increased heart rate. You're panicking. All of a sudden you see a red car in your rear view mirror. Now your heart rate goes through the roof. You get that like numbness in your legs. That's the amygdala the amygdala part of your brain that is releasing those emotions of fear and stress. So chronic stress causes changes in that function of the amygdala. What this will do is lead to an increased sensitivity to stressors and a heightened response to anxiety provoking situations. So let's just say that Uh, during that accident, we use the same situation. You're on a particular part of the highway, you got Led Zeppelin on the radio, and a red car passes you, which hit you last time. Um, You might take that situation due to chronic stress and the damaging of the amygdala, and might have a complete panic attack based on some of those factors. Whereas before, You know, you might get a little bit of anxiety and you think, or you share with somebody like, man, this is the same, this is the same part of the highway where I had that accident a couple years ago versus now you're sweating, you're freaking out, you're breathing heavy because your amygdala is just overwhelmed with the emotion because it's taken a hit because of the chronic stress. All right. Um, so that chronic stress causes changes in the function of your amygdala and, it, and it's responsible for helping you to emotionally regulate situations. So say flying off the handle, going into panic attacks and not understanding why. You're over catastrophizing a lot of situations. That can be because of damaged amygdala due to long-term stress. Um, I know that's scientific and it's kind of like down the rabbit hole, but it's important to understand how this plays a part in stress like damaging the physical structure of your brain, all right? Um, and then going into the like the neural pathways, so a long-term stress changes brain connectivity. So when we talk about brain connectivity, it's like the different regions of your brain affecting the communication with those neurons and those neurotransmitters. So this is where you might see a lot of cognitive function, a lot of um, onset maybe, I'm not gonna say for sure because I'm not I'm not done researching and studying all this stuff yet. So I don't have all of the information. But when you are starting to damage the, con- the the connection between different brain regions, affecting communication between neurons, you're looking at maybe early onset memory problems, maybe some early onset dementia and things like that. So be very, very careful. Uh, and again, I'm not going to speak too much on that part of it, because I haven't read up on that enough to really try to put the um, information out there to you. So starting to wrap up a little bit, what are the long term consequences of stress on the brain, right? You're in the job for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, this is going to lead to changes in brain function and brain structure. So some of the long term consequences if we don't use strategies for managing our stress, can be increased risk of cognitive decline, right? Chronic stress leads to cognitive decline, making it challenging for to perform those tasks that we talked about earlier, right? Uh, planning, cognitive ability, memory recall, things like that. Also increase the risk of developing age-related cognitive disorders. We just talked about uh, early onset dementia and maybe some Alzheimer's disease. Long-term consequences of stress on the brain also includes uh, mental health disorders, right? This increases your risk of developing mental health disorders like depression, anxiety, um, PTSD. It can also lead to long-term changes in brain chemistry affecting those neurotransmitters leading to imbalances. And those that's where like your mood disorders of anxiety and sadness and anger uh, triggers. Something triggers you all the time that's another thing. That's another, um, another consequence. Now let's talk for just a quick second about the physical health, right? When you're talking about constant adrenaline and cortisol pumping in and out of your system, being on heightened state of alert, we're increasing our blood pressure, our heart rates constantly going up, you're compromising your immune system your cardiovascular health, your gastrointestinal function, right? Upset stomach. If you constantly have knots in your stomach or butterflies in your stomach, that has, um, plays a long-term effect too. indigestion, gastric problems. These physical health consequences can also lead to long-term can, can repeat back up into the brain. All right. So lastly, we're going to talk and touch on increased risk of substance abuse. If you're having all of this chronic stress, right, all of this increased risk of memory loss, uh, impaired cognitive ability, you can't make decisions, now you're anxious or you're depressed, that absolutely increases the risk of substance abuse use, right? Because we don't know what's going on. We're afraid to ask for help. We don't have any strategies to manage our day-to-day stress. So what do we do? Impulse control. I'm just going to start drinking, Couple of drinks are gonna knock the edge off. A couple of Xanax are gonna knock the edge off. Hey, I'm gonna do this, and it's gonna knock knock the edge off. Next thing you know, um, it does temporarily help you out, and now you've got some sort of a bad behavior problem, or maybe an alcohol addiction, a drug addiction. And I'm not saying all of these things lead to that, but if kept unchecked, and you don't have the strategies to put the to put into place to help manage these symptoms, it absolutely can, and we've seen it have a profound effect on substance abuse issues. All right. So manage your stress to the best of your ability. What does that look like? Um, there's a lot of things that you can do to help manage stress. And we talk about it all the time. Uh, reduce the impact on your brain and overall well-being. That is vitally important. What are some things you can do? Number one, probably the biggest thing that you can do is exercise excuse me, find some sort of an exercise routine, walk daily, do some resistance training, whether that's weightlifting, calisthenics, it doesn't matter, get out and move a couple times a week, move with some intensity. Uh, Another thing is, like I told you earlier, mindfulness, meditation, prayer life, quiet time, reflection, finding that purpose, That in and of itself physically reduces stress levels, improves emotional regulation, and can also help you improve um, brain function. Uh, I talk about this a lot. Get therapy. Get to a counselor or therapist that you can trust. Cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm a huge, huge believer in that. It's a form of therapy that focuses on changing negative thought patterns and behaviors. Uh, That in and of itself, right? If you can change your thoughts, you can change your life. That's my bread and butter of my program right there. Um, social support. Do you have good friends? Are your friends harming you or hurting you? Do you have a loved one that you can go to and talk about your issues? And they're going to actually have their best, your best interest at heart, not just a trauma bonding partner, but somebody who's going to give you support, see you along and get you the help that you need. Um, and a big one that we talk about frequently, but not addressed enough as sleep hygiene. And I understand how so many of us are on different schedules, 12 hour shifts, midnight shifts, all that craziness goes on. But the adequate adequate sleep is responsible for reducing so many different brain function abnormalities, I guess. But when you sleep, (laughs) let me put it in, in meathead terms, when you sleep, there is so much going on literally and figuratively inside of your brain. Hormones are being replenished, replaced. The rapid eye movement is processing the events from the day. You need to try to set yourself up with some sort of a, the best that you can, a sleep schedule. Um, because really that is probably outside of exercise and eating properly, a good sleep Routine of some sort is critical and cannot be skipped. All right. So, in wrapping up, my call to action for you today: clearly, we're all going to deal with stress. It's an inevitable part of life. We deal with it every day in some shape or form. But what I'm talking about with you folks is just the chronic stress and the significant negative consequences that it can have on your brain function. Like I told you earlier in the episode, structurally like it's physically deteriorating our brain. And that's why I jumped on this topic today, because it was just mind blowing that we're physically wrecking the structure of our brain. But we need to do all that we can to prioritize that stress management, reduce the impact of that stress on the brain to improve our brain health, our brain function, and all that good stuff use those stress reducing strategies. We'll do some episodes on specific ones, but they need to be into your daily routine. You know, you can include exercise, a couple minutes of mindfulness or meditation, a prayer life, uh, social support and friends, something that, you know, hobbies, we talk about it all the time and we'll get into more specifics in some other episodes, but has to be something that's daily. It's also crucial to recognize what those signs of chronic stress are, right? We, 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 I like, I like the phrase we're so close to ourselves that we can't smell our own breath. And, um, sometimes we don't understand or recognize that we are under too much stress. We continually try to push through and push through and push through because that's our mentality and that's our personality, but you need to learn to recognize, Hey, what's going on here? Anxiety, depression, fatigue, physical symptoms. Am I getting headaches all the time? Do I have digestive issues? If you're experiencing chronic stress, um, Some of those things can be an issue, stomach problems, heart palpitations, breathing heavily, a sense of sadness, you know, all of the common things, pay attention to them in yourself. You know yourself, pay attention to those things and don't ignore them. All right. Um, If you're experiencing chronic stress levels to where you can't manage them, counseling, therapy, you know, hit me up at the 180 impact at gmail.com. I'll refer you to my um, counselor. I've sent several folks to her. In conclusion, I love you guys. Everyday stress management is critical for maintaining that brain structure and function. Help yourself, help somebody else manage your stress the best way that you can. And I know it's difficult, but we're killing ourselves and I hate to see it. It doesn't take that long, but let's at least take a proactive step in dealing with our everyday stress and um, recognizing it and doing something about it. All right, great. I hope uh, hope this episode helped you out. I love you guys greatly. Uh, continue to listen, subscribe, download, send me an email at the180impact.gmail.com. Check us out on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff. Check out the180impact.com and reach out if we can help you in any way. Hey, also reach out if there's some topics you want us to talk about. I'd love to do that too. Till next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. See ya.